You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, have been talking about the way that the Lord has ordered our lives all this year. And as we finish uh, the year, we're going to be talking about how the work of Christ, the authority of Christ actually brings order to our lives. And we're going to talk today about the freedom king. You know, at Christmas time, we kind of, you know, we pull back from the adult Jesus and then we focus on the baby Jesus. We, we start to think about, you know, the long journey from, you know, Nazareth to Bethlehem. We hear about Herod. We get people dressed up in their bathrobes. And we, we kind of, in a sense, we lose track of where Jesus, what Jesus actually is when we infantize Jesus. But nobody at the time was losing focus on that. And this little tiny baby that was born on Christmas Day was actually the one that came to bring freedom to the world. And I think everybody can get on board with that. And it's probably not a lot of dictators in the room who want to kind of control everybody. Most of us here today would go, I love freedom. We want freedom. We want freedom for more people in more ways. But what a lot of people don't know is that freedom through Christ or freedom in any sense comes by coming under authority. So this idea of freedom is I'm completely autonomous, I can do what I want, does not exist, and it doesn't exist anywhere. In fact, when they were announcing the birth of Jesus, this is what was told to Mary by the angel. Here comes Jesus, and I behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever." And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Do you notice how everybody, all of these authors, all the proclaimers, all of the people, all the prophecies, they prophesy that what's coming is not somebody who's just going to teach you a few things and then leave you. He's not coming to just kind of show you the way, you know, pat children on the head and be nice to puppies. That Jesus is coming and he's coming with authority. He's coming to be a king. In fact, that's what is happening. And that is what has happened. That Jesus has been given the kingdom. And he has become king over the entire earth. And in that kingdom, in that reign, is where we find freedom. We're going to be talking today about what is freedom. And why did we need Jesus to be king in our lives, to be free? Everybody know this song? This is the song that they play when all the uh, stop smoking ads. Uh, anytime you've got to you know, lose some weight, they uh, pull this queen song out. Not the queen. She never wrote this song. Um, Queen, and I'll I'll try to sing along with you if you don't mind uh, me. Never mind. (laughs) He he sings, I want to break free. I want to break free. I want to break free of your lies. You're so self-satisfied. I don't need you. Got to break free. God knows. God knows I want to break free. What I... Well, if you've read the whole song, because, you know, you can hear a song and not really know it. I love to read them. Uh, I wish all singing had subtitles. Do you know, sometimes you're reading it, and you're like, I can't understand what you're saying. Apparently, you have to speak Singlish, you know, so you can understand. So when you read the song, the whole song is about this desire to be free, but it's free from someone. And I thought it was very interesting the way that he talks about freedom. What do you mean free? He says, it's you're so self-satisfied. I don't need you. 
And I thought, this is an interesting thing. Why do we always blame other people for our lack of freedom? Whenever we can't do what we want to do, we always say, well, it's your fault, or it's their fault, or it's the government's fault. It's like somebody else is imposing their will on me, and that's why I'm not free. But then he, he has almost a sense he prays. God knows. God knows I want to break free. So why does he appeal to God? Because if you know anything about the life of Freddie Mercury, he was not interested in being submissive to God. So does he want to even break free of God? Is that what true freedom is? That you can do even what you want and God has no say in the matter? So Christmas is really all about freedom. But people miss out on the how because they don't know why. That is, we don't know how to be free because we don't know why we're not. So if you, if you took your car into the mechanic and you said, fix it, you're not going to be able to fix it if you don't know why it's broken. If you don't know why it's not working, there's no amount of magic that the, that the mechanic can perform on the hood of your car, or the bonnet of your car, sorry, I went back old school there, on the bonnet of your car to suddenly make you free. You must understand why you aren't. Which is why when, um, when we talk about freedom, we have to understand that it's more than just this concept. If, if you look in the, in, the, in the dictionary about what freedom is, it says an absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action, or a liberation from slavery, a restraint from the power of another, independence. Whenever I read that first line, absence of necessity, coercion, constraint, or choice or action, I always imagine a teenager playing video games. And all they want to do is keep playing the video games. I should be free to do what I want whenever I want. So why are you telling me that I can't do it? You are a dictator, mom. You are a dictator, dad. How dare you steal my freedom? But notice how it's all about this idea that we need to be free, for, in a sense, from being a slave to somebody else's desire. And I think that a lot of people, when they think about freedom, they think about how other institutions control our choices. Right now, in China, there are protests going on. For the first time in a long time, really since Tiananmen Square, there have been protests all around China, protesting the fact that the people aren't free. And I love how they're holding up these white pieces of paper, because they're so used to Chinese censorship that they just put a blank piece of paper up because they're like, censor that. You got nothing. But all around the country, they are sick of being put in their houses because of COVID. China has worked very hard to have a zero COVID policy. And Omicron came along and said, <laughs> nice try. Because it just spreads too quickly. So all these people are all locked up. And even though there are so many consequences for rebellion, they are out in the streets protesting. But of course, China's not the only one that protested against their government. Canadians had a go too. During the COVID lockdowns, uh, the truckers of Canada got together and they did a convoy of freedom where they drove to uh, the capital of Canada in order to close down the capital so that nothing could happen and so that they could get their way and get their freedoms. They don't know this, that Ottawa doesn't really mean a lot to anybody. Did you know that, that the capital of Canada is Ottawa? I'm Canadian, in case you were wondering why I sound American. I'm Canadian. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, Canada decided on the location of their capital city for one reason. It would be very hard to find in an invasion. 
We, we, we had an issue because the Americans kept kind of hinting that they might invade, and then they actually tried one in 1812, and we had to beat their noses and go down and burn their White House, which we did, by the way. And by the Canadians, I mean the British. <laughs> but they, they were based in Canada. Anyway, the Ottawa means like almost nothing. They're going to lock this place down. I just think it's interesting that these people, they just, we're going to go spend all our time and money and we're going to go and stop the government from taking our freedom because the government somehow has it and we need it back. But of course, they're not just Canadians. There's also the Iranians that are protesting right now. Um, not long ago, a young lady was arrested by the morality police. If you don't know, they have a, uh, a system of policing that requires people to dress in a certain way to comply with Muslim values. And uh, a young lady was inappropriately dressed, didn't have her hijab put on properly, and she was arrested, taken into custody, and died in custody. Healthy, young, 21-year-old lady. The whole country has erupted in violence anger and protests, sick of this control that the government places on them. Over 450 people have died in the protesting. To be free. People were willing to die in order to be free. But is freedom a system of government? You know, here we have a line from the American Declaration of Independence uh, crafted by Thomas Jefferson. And he says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. They are endowed with their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I guess if you were forming a nation, you were becoming a republic, at the time that the Americans were putting together their country, they saw government, all government, as oppressive. Government was there controlling things, taking their taxes, taking their lives, taking their goods, and controlling the outcomes of their lives. And so they said, if we're going to have a country, it has to be free, it has to be free from this government control, because governments are ruining everything, and nobody's free unless the government allows them to be free. But let's just think. Another man, Viktor Frankl, was a Jewish man who was taken into one of the concentration camps in World War II. Put into a camp where he was fed a very meager amount of food and in terrible, terrible conditions. He found there was a difference between the prisoners. Those who succumbed to the idea that their prison masters controlled their lives and those that didn't. He said that between stimulus that is what they do. And my response, there is a space. And that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. So when you say, I can't be free unless the government sets me free, then Frankl says, even in the most oppressed place on the planet, you can be free. You can be free to choose your own attitude. You can free to be choosing your own response to the life that you are living. Nobody controls you. You're free. But one of my favorite authors is uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. And I know that makes me sound super smart, but, you know, I read it the dumb people way, which is I just kept reading it and reading it until I could understand it. Fyodor Dostoevsky has this passage in his book, The Brothers Karamazov, where uh, he imagines in a play, he imagines that Jesus comes. It's the second coming. And they, it's during the Spanish Inquisition. And the Grand Inquisitor takes Jesus captive and puts him in jail and puts him on trial. 
And he, he has a terrible, terrible go at Jesus, blaming Jesus for all kinds of things and saying to Jesus, you know what your one fault is, your one problem? He says, you think people want freedom. They don't want freedom. And so he says lines like this. There exists no greater and more painful anxiety for a man who has freed himself from all religious bias than how he shall soonest and how he shall soonest find a new object or idea to worship. You see, all those people who are complaining, ah, oh, the church this, God that, control, control, control. He says, isn't it interesting that as soon as they leave that control, they just find another God. They just find another power. They just find another excuse, another thing to dominate their lives. And then he says, and this line, I love it. He says, in the end, they will lay their freedom at our feet and say to us, make us your slaves, but feed us. How much do you really want freedom? If you really were free, what would you do? Would you simply go and find another God? So Jesus says this. He says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him in John 8, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we're offspring of Abraham. We've never been a slave to anyone. How is it that you will say that you will become free? Which I don't know if you've read any of the Bible. I always am amazed at this statement. Because I feel like Jesus would probably just respond back to them with a, you know those looks that you give your kids when they say something that's so ridiculous and you're just kind of like, do you want to take that back? Because that's dumb. <laughs> you can be free, Jesus says. The truth will set you free. And they're like, well, we've never been a slave to anybody. <laughs> and he's like, uh, read the book of Exodus. Uh, and every time you're celebrating Passover, uh, isn't that because you were just set free? Like, you were slaves. That's like part of your story. Like, it's the first part of the lines of your book. This, come on. But I think it's just very interesting that when Jesus says, you can be free, they go, no, we've never been a slave to anybody. They think right away about government. They think right away about human control, physical control, about, uh, you know, can I do this? Can I go there? Can I worship this way? They don't think about where they're not free. And so you're never going to understand if you don't understand why, you're never going to get free because you don't know how. And so Jesus says, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. And so a very fundamental question, and this I think you need to really consider. Why aren't we free? It's because we have unseen masters. We may even be free from the desires of others but we are not free from our own desires. I want, you, I want you to think about this. Every single time in your life when something's gone wrong, you were there. <laughs> if the police were to arrest everybody involved in the crime, you'd be there every time, and they would start to get suspicious. Why is it that your name is always on this list? You would become the prime suspect in the grand theory on why your life is being ruined. It's your desires that have been in control. It's your desires that have been leading you. Now, the problem, you can't tell the difference between you and your desires. You think your desires are you. I'm here to tell you they're not. 
what you really want. No. No, that's not you. So Jesus is going to do a kind of freedom that makes this song stupid. You know, you can sing along with me this night. You know the chorus. I'm free to do what I want any old time. I'm free to do what I want any old time. I say, love me, hold me. Love. Well, you guys are not singing well here. Love. I'm doing a terrible job. Pick me up. Hold me, because I'm free to do what I want any old time. I'm free to be who I choose any old time. Now, there's nothing true about that song at all, ever. Even the name of the band, Junior Reed and the Soup Dragons, that's bad, too. Look at the, they're, they're singing this idea that I have liberty and I have freedom because I get to do what I want. And Jesus is just saying, no, 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 you're just following your own desires, and your desires are not free. You're following your sinful desires. No, but they're what I want. Yeah, that's what you think. And that's why you'll never be free. And so freedom is the overthrow of the powers that control us, but only by being under another authority. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and this is common of many quotes of Jesus, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is the one who rides into town on that horse with that hat and goes, there's a new sheriff in town. He's come to create freedom, but freedom because he becomes in charge. He says, if you're not going to be free through your own autonomy, you could only be free if there is a greater power over you. And in fact, this is the prophecy that is about Jesus from the very beginning. In fact, I'm going to show you a prophecy of Jesus that you probably don't even know. It comes from the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he doesn't understand what's happening, but he doesn't know that he's being shown the kingdoms that are now that are going to fall one by one by one until the one kingdom comes that has been made by God. And so he has a vision, and Daniel explains it to him and says, As you looked, a stone that was cut by no human hand, and it struck on its feet the uh, the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. And then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold. Stop, hold on a second. The iron, what are you talking about? Those are all different images, all different parts of this government. The gold is the current Babylonian kingdom. The silver is the Medes and the Persians that overthrow the Babylonians. The bronze is the Greeks that overthrow them. And then the, the image that has feet of iron and clay is the Roman kingdom that is supposed to trample out and crush all of the other ones. But he says, in that time, he says, he says, the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor, floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And just in case you're wondering more about that, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, he says, In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall a kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. And that's exactly what happened. At the height, the height, the height of the Roman kingdom, the Roman power was 
unbelievably strong. And Jesus comes and he's born in a barn and he spent his first night in a manger. And that little baby overthrew the kingdom of Rome. And he never once picked up a sword because he knew that those powers will be dominated and destroyed by his authority. And Jesus Christ from that moment has been overthrowing all authority in the world. And I love how it says he smashes them to pieces so fine they blow away. If he becomes king in your life, he will destroy the other authorities that control you. If the son sets you free, he said, you will be free indeed. In all of that conversation that Jesus is talking about freedom, ultimately it boils down to who has authority. This is the, the son. The son of the kingdom that is above every other kingdom can set you free. Because how are we free? We're free when the one with authority sets us free. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, He has delivered us from the domain of the darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I love how he takes us from the kingdom of darkness. He just takes us. Like, I love how, in fact, he doesn't even need to kind of like, you know, wave a sword or paint half of his face blue. Y'all never take away our freedom! He's not like, come with the troops or something like that. He's just like, I can grab you and move you. Because I've got authority to grab you and move you. To change you. Can I talk about something a little bit difficult? There's a story in John chapter 21 that I, I am petrified of. Right, here's how it rolls out. Peter is having another conversation with Jesus. Peter is the one that Jesus chose because he can't shut up. So he'll say a bunch of dumb things that Jesus then gets to respond to. We all benefit. So one day Peter's there. Jesus says to him, Peter, you know how you kind of get to do whatever you want right now? You go fishing. You got all this freedom in your life. One day, people are going to come. And they're going to bind you up. And they're going to lead you to your death. And Peter's immediate response is, what about him? <laughs> and he points at John, the other disciple. And Jesus goes, if I want John to stay alive until I come back, that's my business. I'm the boss. And then John writes in parentheses, that's why people thought I wouldn't die. You know, because John happened to live longer than all the other disciples. And they're figuring, well, I guess he'll just live forever. And, Jesus, and John's like, no, that's not what he said. He just said, if that's what I want. He didn't want it. I'm going to die. What I love about this story is this. If you know anything about the life of Peter, he's always running away. He's always running away in fear. You know, Peter's the one in the story that when Jesus is arrested, and even this tiny little girl comes up to Peter and goes, Oh, aren't you one of those Galileans? I can tell by your accent. Peter is a blaspheme, bleep, bleep, bleep. 
I'm not one of them. And he runs away. Peter, Peter is petrified of losing his own life. And I want you to think about this. That controlled him. That dominated his life. Because as long as you're afraid, you can't live. And I love how Jesus just looks at Peter. He goes, goes, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to die. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to establish my kingdom over this earth. And I'm going to change your heart. And if you, if you read into the history of the time, in Fox's Book of Martyrs, there's an account of the death of Peter. And Peter is arrested. He, he, he goes to Rome to help establish the church that Paul had, be, had been building and working on. But Peter is kind of the apostle at Rome under the reign of Nero. And Peter is arrested. And when they take, when they take Peter... They decide that they want to crucify him. So just like Jesus prophesied, they bound him up and led him to the place that he never wanted to go. But something's changed. When Peter sees the cross, he says, Oh, cross that I have so longed for. They they took Peter and they crucified his wife first. And he shouted encouragement out to his wife about how they had longed for this moment. And then when they nailed Peter to his cross, they laid him down on the cross as they normally would execute a criminal. But he said, no, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the manner of my Lord. So they turned him upside down and crucified him upside down, hanging by his feet. But what I love is Peter wanted to die for Jesus because the reign of Jesus in his heart had transformed his fears and the thing that he once loathed he now loved the thing that controlled him was now bound beneath his feet because Jesus Christ is the only person who can free you from you your fears, they don't need to dominate you. The things you want in life, they don't need to control you. How many of us are going to get to the end of our lives and stare at our mountains of money or our possessions or our things and go, really? Was this all it was about? But remember, that's what you wanted. Unless somebody sets you free. And somebody sets your heart free so that you want something else, something better. We can't serve God freely until we are freed. And only Jesus Christ has the power to set our hearts free. So we love what is right to love. And I think today, probably everybody in this room would go, yeah, there's places I need that freedom. I need that rock-like kingdom to come and smash powers that control me. I want to live a life that glorifies God. But I can't do that until I'm free. So now that you know why you aren't free, and now that you know how you can become free, it's a matter of applying faith to what you've heard. 
Do you believe that Jesus can set you free? Have the worship band come back up, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to just prepare your heart before the Lord right now. Understand his incredible love towards you. He loves you. He wants your life to be lived in freedom. He wants and wills for you not to be dominated by other people's desires or your desires. He has done everything by dying for you and then being raised from the dead for you so that you could be free. It's been accomplished. It is finished. And all of the powers of this world are now subject to the one ruling king, Jesus. Believe it today. Believe it that that's God's will for you. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, come and take your rightful place in me. Lord Jesus, I submit to you. And I pray that you would extend your power and rule over my life. Whatever is of the kingdom of darkness, whatever is of the kingdom of other people's desires, whatever is of the kingdom of my desires, Lord, take me from that kingdom and bring me into your own of light and freedom. I want to be free from these temptations. I want to be free from these sins. I want to be free from my foolish desires for the wrong things. Lord, set me free. Set me free today from my fear. Set me free from my insecurity. Set me free from my passions that wage and war against me. Set me free, Lord, from my pride. Set me free from my insecurity. Lord, set me free today so that I can live for you. Jesus, I thank you that that is your desire and will for us. So I pray, Lord, that you would establish your kingdom in our hearts and that you would rule over us in righteousness. And I just rebuke every demonic power that has lied to us and controlled and manipulated us in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. I rebuke every curse I rebuke every lie. I rebuke every kind of manipulation and control and idolatry in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. I rebuke the powers of this world and I rebuke the powers of the individual human heart that tries to dominate the will of God. And in the name of Jesus, I just command all of these powers to be broken and I proclaim the freedom of Jesus Christ upon every person that's listening, whether online or in this room. I proclaim freedom for every person now in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. There is no name greater. There is no name higher. Jesus Christ rules over all and you will submit to him. Lord, I thank you that your freedom and liberty will lead us into new things. Give us faith to embrace them. Give us the desire to follow them. Lord, change our hearts so that we love what is lovely and follow you. Lord, we pray these things by faith in your promises, in the word that you've given us now, and in Jesus' name, we claim them and hold them and say that they are our own now, in Jesus' name, amen. 
You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.